0: It's scary to think about change. And I think a lot of times the scariness of the unknown will keep us stuck in these things that make us feel bad because it's known. We think it's safer to just stick with what we know, even if it's uncomfortable, than venture off into the scariness of the unknown. But I have to tell you, that's where I've learned to jump into that unknown because that is where all possibilities exist. And embracing that is a
1: beautiful thing. Self-love has become a hot topic in recent times, but it's not all about hitting the spa or taking a candlelit bubble bath. Sometimes there's real work attached to break the habits of how we treat ourselves that we've become so accustomed to. Here today to talk to us about self-love and developing our own internal value is entrepreneur, author, and speaker, Jenna Banks. Jenna is the host of her own podcast and video series, The Jenna Banks Show, where she shares tips, tools, and advice geared towards helping us live our life to our fullest potential. We're going to talk about trusting our own intuition and internal compass rather than searching for external approval and how we can love ourselves in a world where too often most of us don't even like ourselves. Jenna, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. Oh, thank you so much for that lovely introduction. I'm really excited to be here with you today, Rachel. So self-love. It's something I think it's become really popular to talk about on social media and in the media, but I think if you break it down, it's not all about just treating yourself and all those really nice kind of activities that we talk about. So for you, what was it that made you want to dive into this and help other people to love themselves and make this your main pursuit in life?
0: So what got me started down this path is... It was really an epiphany. You see, I took for granted all, um, I had a very rough childhood. A lot of like, a lot of people have had, I had a lot of trauma and a very, very rough young adulthood. In fact, I didn't even graduate high school. Well, I, I got my general education diploma. Um, my GED is what it's called over here in the US. And because I had a hard time even staying in high school, it was just harder focus because of all the family issues that I had, etc. Now, thankfully I was able to overcome all that and succeed in business and became a successful entrepreneur and was able to move through the corporate world pretty nicely, but I had a lot to overcome you know, to get to that point. And it took a, because I didn't really have anyone to model for me. I, I left home at the age of 14. I didn't have like that, the parental model or the social model, or even the religious system model anymore once I left home. And so I really kind of just had to navigate my on my own and figure out really based on survival skills if you will but as a result you know i naturally learned to love myself and it was a battle it was something that you know i've always been into personal development and just learning about how i could better myself and live life to my fullest potential and along the way you know i kind of came to my own conclusions about things but the thing is i took for granted All that I had learned on my own. So fast forward to not too long ago, here I am in my 40s, and I was having dinner with a friend. This was about five months after I broke up with somebody. I was in a relationship with someone that I was really, really in love with. I really did think I'd spend the rest of my life with this man. I was just, I was so into him. But I started noticing that I wasn't feeling good. I wasn't feeling good about the relationship in general, even though I had all this love for him. It was like this weird attachment, juxtaposition of feelings, of feeling love for him, but also knowing that he's not probably not capable of of giving me what I need. And because I had learned to place such a high value on, on my time and energy, I had no hesitations to pull the plug. It was just a natural like thing. Well, it's not working. I'm I'm out, you know. And um even though I had all this love and hope and all of this, I still chose myself in that situation. Now my girlfriend was around the same age as I, she was she was baffled. She couldn't understand because she knew how much I was into this guy. She knew how good we seemed to be together. She knew both of us and was just couldn't understand. She's like, I don't, I don't understand. Why did you break up with him? If you're still, if you're still so into him, why? And I was like, Well, I love me more, which is the title of my book. And she couldn't understand. So, so I tried to explain it to her, and and she thought about it for a few weeks. And a few weeks later, she found her in a similar situation where she'd been dating this guy. It wasn't serving her. She wasn't feeling good about it. She was constantly agonizing over it. And this, they, they weren't even in a committed relationship at that point. So she. Just just said, you know what? I love me more than this. She, she, it clicked. you know, clicks. She hadn't been giving herself value and, and was accepting less than she felt she deserved by putting up, putting up with this situation. And so she felt, felt very empowered by that and started talking to her friends about it. And I had no idea. And, and a few weeks later we connect again and she tells me how powerful it was for her. And I thought, oh my gosh, just one little story, one one act that, you know, for me came naturally for her, it was a big epiphany. And I thought, my goodness, you know, if, if her and her friends were getting value out of that, that's what I want to do. You know, I want to, I want to help people. That's really what my ultimate, my, I feel like is my purpose that I had never got, you know, I'd been, yes, working and doing well in business and, and accomplishing goals, but I didn't really feel feel like I had found my, my purpose. And that really resonated for me. I was like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to help people learn how to value themselves, learn how to live a better life and be their best selves. So I pivoted and started thinking about writing the book and, and, you know, I ended up getting the opportunity to sell a business shortly thereafter i had started a business and sold that and i thought okay universe god whatever you want to call it this is this must
1: be what i'm supposed to be doing so yeah that's a fantastic story i love that so Thanks. for you what does it actually mean to love yourself. We talked about in the intro, love yourself when a lot of us don't even like ourselves. I thought that was an interesting line. So what does it mean to love yourself and the idea that we don't actually like ourselves?
0: Yeah. I mean, think about it. You know, I, myself included, you know, I used to look in the mirror and, and look and see all the flaws what, what needs to be fixed, not looking and saying, oh, that looks good. Or, oh, I'm happy with myself. It's it's what do we not like? And we do that also, not just in the mirror, but, you know, we're constantly criticizing ourselves for everything throughout the day. Like, oh, you didn't do a good job. Oh, you didn't get to that. We're thinking of all the things we didn't do or that we didn't do well enough, or maybe the imperfections in our work or in whatever, instead of looking for the things that we love about ourselves, even our body. You know, I came to this realization not too long ago, and and I included a little bit of this in the book because I think it's important. A friend of mine was having a conversation with me about her her body again. And in uh, in almost every single conversation I have with her, she mentions her weight. And she's about 20 pounds more than she wants to be. But she looks beautiful. She's a gorgeous girl. and, and But ever since I've, most of the time that I've known her, she's been at the weight she is now. But there was a brief period of time where she hit her ideal weight and it was for unreasonable expectations. She had been working really hard physically, doing a lot of physical labor on a project. And, it, and so she wasn't eating enough really and was burning a lot of calories. And she thought, oh yeah, that's where I'm supposed to be. And it had that stuck in her head. So what happened was every single conversation I'd have with her, she's beating up on how she's overweight and she's feeling badly about herself. But if she's telling me this, she's probably telling herself this every day, all day long. And, you know, instead of looking to, you know, instead of accepting herself for how she is and loving herself. And I just think about all that, you know, negative energy that we tend to give ourselves constantly. To me, that is a a major lack of self-love. There's really so many ways in which we don't love ourselves, but we're not really conscious of what we're doing and that we're we're beating ourselves up, we're tearing ourselves down, we're actually putting ourselves in a state of uh, stress, anxiety, and also in like a fight or flight mode, which is detrimental to our immune system and our health, our well-being, and our mental health. So those are some of the ways in which we, you know, don't like ourselves and certainly don't love ourselves. Yeah, so I don't know if that helps explain it a
1: little more. Yeah, well, that's totally right. And I think we'd be surprised if you actually... Took note and wrote down all the things you say to yourself in a day with I'm to this, I'm that, and things that are almost throwaway lines, or they might even come out as jokes or, or things like that. But you're still telling your brain these things, and the brain can't identify the difference between what's, you know, might be a joke or might be something that doesn't seem that important, but you're still telling yourself all these things again and again and again. And over time, it becomes such a habit to say these things about yourself without really realizing what it's doing internally.
0: Yeah. And we've also placed a value on, I wouldn't say being self-deprecating, but certainly not coming off as conceited or arrogant, right? And so a lot of times as women especially, I find that we 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 are so afraid of coming off as conceited or arrogant um, or you know egotistical that we go the opposite way. And we we don't build ourselves up to people, certainly not externally, and certainly not to ourselves. How dare we think we're beautiful, <laughs> right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. So yeah. how do we start to reframe that? And without it, like you said, we don't want to be arrogant or conceited, but to give ourselves the right frame of mind, the right language or, or the tools to get out of those habits and work towards something more positive?
0: Well, I think one of the keys is really to start to respect yourself and value yourself and put a high regard on just your own feeling, like how you feel. So for example, I mean, I I know we talked about the physical, but even just the spiritual, you know, how do you feel, for example, when somebody like, let's say uh, somebody does something that makes you feel a little uncomfortable and You know, you don't. As women, we tend to not want to make people feel bad. So our first, our first reaction is to take care of everybody else's feelings, but ourselves. But if somebody puts you in a position that made you feel bad, and we don't stand up for ourselves, you know, and do something about it, whether we speak up and defend ourselves, um, or just validate even how we're feeling, we've it just shows us to ourselves that we don't respect ourselves you know, and that we don't uh, regard our own feelings. I found this this is especially challenging for me when I'm in my single mode and uh especially here in the south in the United States where I'm at which is in Georgia. It's very different here. It's very um masculine, you know, women are women, men are men. There's this old school distinction and so the guys feel like they can cross boundaries. There are no boundaries it seems. But laugh it off coyly. They don't, you know, if a guy touches them in a way that makes them feel uncomfortable, hmm. They'd rather not make the other guy feel uncomfortable so they don't say anything. You know, that's a prime example of, you know, you not standing up for your boundaries and saying, hey, you know, don't, don't touch me like that. Don't sit close to me. I don't appreciate that. I'm not comfortable with that. And, you know, the, but that's really what, you know, comes to come first, which is you acknowledging how you're feeling and then standing up for yourself. You know, it takes a takes courage. It's a little uncomfortable at first, but when you start to do that, you start to go, yeah, you know, this feels good. I love me. I want to take care of me. I want to feel good and I deserve to feel good. And, you know, it's just breaking these cultural norms is how I like to refer to it. There's so many cultural norms that We, we behave, we behave in ways in which don't value ourselves, don't respect ourselves. And, you know, being a person who, who does value myself, it's interesting to see how people react to how I stand up for myself
1: because they're not used to it. They really aren't. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have a story about that, about a reaction you might've gotten when you have stood up for yourself when someone wasn't expecting it? Yes. (laughs)
0: Yes. <laughs> I'll tell you my coffee story. Right, this is actually applicable in the workplace. So I had just, and this was unconscious. Okay. I'll tell you that because I, I've gotten to the point, thankfully, where a lot of times it's very unconscious. So I am I had just started a job in Silicon Valley. So I had been, moved to the Bay Area in San, you know, San Francisco Bay Area in California, and I got a tech job. I had always wanted to get technology, sales or business development. So I got a dev job at a tech company. I was new at the company, maybe a couple of months in, and our company had been acquired by a larger firm in India. So the president had flown in and we were meeting him for the first time. It was a Monday. I remember that we're all sitting in the conference room we're all sitting around the conference table. The president is at the head of the table and he and I were just getting to know each other. We were chatting a little bit and he says to me, you know, Jenna, it'd be really nice to have some coffee. Wouldn't you like some coffee from like the Starbucks or something? And I said, No, actually, I'm I'm good. I don't drink coffee at this time of day. But thank you. And and he's like looking at me funny. And then my boss, who was the VP there, is looking at me with his mouth like literally gaping open. It was so strange. And I'm like, What the heck is going on here? So my colleague who's sitting next to my boss says, Hey, Jenna, Like he's kind of breaking the silence, and he's like wouldn't you like some, I know you like to have a latte, like, you know, wouldn't you like to go get a latte and get us some coffee? And I was like, no, seriously, if I have coffee right now, I will be awake all night long. Like I can't, I can't have coffee this time of day. And it was just like crickets in there. I'm like, what is going on? I had no clue. So I just, you know, "Ah, whatever shrugged my shoulders. And then the meeting went on, no one got coffee. And then uh, a little bit later after the meeting ended, my colleague comes to my desk. It says, hey, would you mind showing me how to use the coffee maker or, you know, help me make some coffee with coffee maker? I don't know how to use it. I go, I've never used it. Like I've never had coffee in there. Like it's only ever been made. I've never made coffee. I don't know how to use that machine. I don't know why you're asking me. And again, like a shocked look, right? Nothing like, okay. So nobody gets coffee again. It's so weird. I I don't understand what was happening, but like at the end of the day, I go, I go to say goodbye to my boss and I go into his office and and the president's actually sitting at his desk. He's sitting uh, in front of his desk and I'm standing. He kind of turns around and cranes his neck to look up to me. And he goes, you know what, Jenna, I look up to you. And I go, and I had no idea, like literally, I, I'm, Rachel had no idea where this was coming from. And I'm like, must be because I'm wearing heels. You know, I just kind of <laughs> laughed it off because I was, I was tall wearing my heels. <laughs> they laughed. I laughed. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. And I left it. On my way home, I was thinking about this interaction and I'm like, oh my God, it hit me. Like these dudes totally expected me because I'm a woman to go get them coffee. And I didn't, I didn't even once consider their, their needs, like not even once. It was, it wasn't about them. It's like, Hey, we're all, we're all equal. My, my, in my mind, I'm not Aaron girl. I'm not coffee girl. You know, I am, and I don't need coffee. So, but you know what, but the lesson and the moral of that story is that I got instant respect. It was no one ever, you know, that never came up again. But at the same time, you know, it was just an instant, like, leveling out of the playing field. Whatever was going on never happened again. And I and I got respect. And, and I think that's really important that, you know, to keep in mind. And, and that was an important story for me to tell. And I actually tell that in my book because, you know, we need to respect ourselves. And we also need to realize as women that, you know, it's not we don't need to be doing housework for these, these guys in the office. Like there's a place and a time for everything. If you want to do that at home, great. But in the office, it's not going to earn you that, you know, equality in their eyes. If you're, you know, they can just tell you to go get them coffee. And so it was, it was an interesting experience, but you know, self-love can be, you know, it's, you know, there's all kinds of different ways in which we uh, can practice self-love and, and aren't really conscious of, of, when those, those ways are tested and it could be when it comes to being a parent or a caregiver or, you know, just out in everyday dating life or even with our own, our partners, you know, it's really, really actually, I found it very important to have a very avid self love practice, especially when you are in a
1: relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I love that story as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, like relationships, you know, I am in a, a newer relationship now, and and um, I find that I'm now super, super conscious of keeping my, you know, not getting enmeshed, not doing the codependent thing, and, and focus on on making sure that I'm coming to the situation whole, not looking for my partner to make me whole you know? And, and, and so when you're focusing on your needs and making yourself happy, that's really important because what happens, I found, especially with those of us who tend to fall into codependent patterns, we tend to think, okay, great. I'm going to make them happy and they're going to make me happy. And then we're just going to be, you know, in lovey, lovey land and, and, and my life will be so much better. But the truth is I I have a wonderful, I had a wonderful life before I met my, my boyfriend and, you know, he adds to it, but it's not like, oh my gosh, my life is so, so much better. You know, where if you're already responsible for making yourself happy and you do that on a regular basis and you make that a priority, you come into the relationship just so much more full and energized and you have so much more to give to each other. And it's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think with that, especially when it comes to then the more longer term relationships, so it could all be lovey and perfect and and happy in the beginning, making each other happy. But then the, the novelty of the new relationship is going to wear off eventually. So if you lose yourself and lose all the things that did make you happy and your full person when you were single, when you settle into that new relationship in the long term then that's I think you can end up disappointed if you know yes it's it's not holding up with that fresh new excitement of the start of a relationship but how do you exactly right yeah how do you keep from doing that really because you know Mm. you'll get into relationships and it's all exciting so how do you stay grounded in yourself and just keep doing the things that you love to do and not get totally yeah. swept up and lose yourself in the process of that. You make it a priority. You just
0: don't ever stop doing those things. So, what makes you happy? If it's going on a walk by yourself, keep going on walks by yourself. Yes, you can go on walks together, but also make sure you're doing, you're getting that alone time because you need time to have space with your own thoughts your own reflections, spend time with your friends on your own goals. You know, what happened to me in uh, a relationship where I got real codependent is I started giving up those things that I was doing independently, my independent real estate stuff. And my, you know, it was now, oh, let's all do, let's do this together because that was always my goal. I had this goal of, You know, when you get a a relationship where you're going to spend the rest of your life with someone, now you get enmeshed and you, you know, everything is together, but, but that's where things can go south and, and it can, yeah, it's not, it's not a good thing. So now I'm the, I'm going the opposite way, which is, and so much better, which is just, you know, do your thing, keep doing your thing and then come together and have your own things that you do together, but don't lose your identity. I've got another story I'd love to share if we have time related to this definitely. So good. I, I, know somebody who, um, you know, I was having this conversation with them about, you know, taking care of our needs and being responsible for our own happiness, especially when in a relationship. And she was in a marriage where it, you know, they were, they were wondering she was wondering if they were going to make it they had been through therapy she had lost all hope really i mean he just he wasn't meeting her needs and wasn't making her happy and i said to her you know well can we break down like what do you do to take care of yourself like what are you doing in this situation to care for yourself well she's like i stopped doing my hair and my nails i stopped hanging out with my friends i stopped doing all these things i said well you're spending so much time pouring yourself into this marriage. And then this man expecting to get something back and all you're getting is crumbs, but that's what you know he's capable of. So what if you backed off on some of that and started putting your love into yourself like you used to do, like what you could, before you were the one making yourself happy and he made you happy, like you said, for a minute, because, you know, in the beginning of the relationship, it's all, it's all fun and games, but you know, once you settle in life, you know, gets back to normal and and people do their normal things. And she still wanted to keep pouring herself into him thinking she there's, there's that potential to get that back. Right. I got, I got that one. I got it in the beginning, he's capable, he can do it. But the truth is, that's not realistic. So I I encouraged her to try that. And she did. And I have to tell you, it's been a night and day change in their relationship. Because I, and I'll tell you another story. It's, I, I was in a situation where I had been doing the same thing, pouring a bunch of my energy and time into someone I was dating. We weren't even married. I was helping him with his business, helping him with his kids, helping him get his house ready for sale, doing all this stuff. And I was not getting back nearly enough in return to, to fill my love tank, you know, and I was depleting myself. And I, I remember I was sitting in the grocery store parking lot, just thinking negatively, like resentment, right? Like we talked about earlier. is that resentment and I was very resentful and I'm thinking negatively about him and of course this probably turned into some kind of a fight or something when I got home and I, I thought to myself I'm sitting in the in the grocery store parking lot just sitting there thinking what why is this negative thinking just overtaking me like this is not this is not doing me any good and it certainly wouldn't do our relationship any good and I I had this epiphany I was like why don't why don't I just take care of me right now? You know, let's just flip this thinking, you know, what do I need? What do I need to make myself happy? Well, first off, I don't want to think about him today. So I'm going to shut that off. Then I went into the store. I bought some stuff that I can make at home. I got some bubble bath. I read a book in the bubble bath, made myself some really good food and listened to music. And I got myself in a really good place. And I was happy. I was back into my happy place. I totally wouldn't think about him at all. And, and I was just in a really good mood. And you know what? My boyfriend comes home and he couldn't get his hands off of me, like could not get his hands off of me. And it was like, he wanted to like spoil me and massage me and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, really? Like, this is it. Like, this is what we're supposed to be doing. We need to be taking care of ourselves and our happiness first. And when you do, you get everything that you want in your relationship because you are taking care of yourself. It's an energy thing really is what it comes down to, because if you're upset because you're not getting something from them, it just kind of, it just is this negative spiral. But if you're taking care of yourself and making sure you're happy, not relying on someone else to do it, because by the way, imagine if you had to be responsible for someone else's happiness, what kind of a burden that would be. (laughs) Right. So it's (laughs) great. It's really crazy to think about the expectations we get in these relationships. But if you make it a point to make yourself happy, and if you're not feeling good, instead of blaming the partner, say, you know what, am I self-sacrificing? Maybe I'm giving too much of myself into this person. Let me Put some of that into myself. It, it really is a game changer, and I saw it for myself, and I saw it for my friend. And I have to tell you, it is amazing to see the changeroo that has happened in that relationship. And I actually have hope for them. I, I do think they're going to make it for the long term. But it took it, it it took her realizing that she needed to put more love into herself to get what she wanted from the the marriage. So.
1: Yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. So let's talk about trusting your own internal compass instead of being guided by everyone around you. So I think sometimes we may not even know that this is happening necessarily, or it's just Mm. easier to, to obviously we want to ask your opinions when making decisions and things like that, but how do you still trust what's going on for you internally rather than always looking to outside for advice and, and what to do? Yeah, it's quite the opposite of how we've been trained since children, since
0: childhood really is since the day we were born, we've looked to our parents to approve of us. Am I, am I doing something good? If I'm doing something bad, I get punished. So you you learn to please everybody else around you and that goes into adulthood. Same thing. We're like, oh, is my work good? Is what I'm doing acceptable? Is this job I'm in what, what makes me look good? If I'm, a, if I'm a guy, you know, is it like getting me girls? if I'm a girl, is it, you know, is it supporting, but, but to look, you know, am I pleasing my parents with my job? A lot of us try to please our parents or our fam other family members, but the truth is we have to look within and see what's making us happy. And this is something that I worked very hard to do throughout my life is to sometimes, you know, even leave cushy job. Like I had a six-figure job that had me really in some golden handcuffs. And I remember, you know, my mind, it was a battle of my mind saying, well, the 401k is really good. The health benefits are really good. It's a stable job. I don't have to do much. Yeah, I'm not being that tra- challenged, but I could be there for another 20 years and retire nicely. But my soul, my heart wasn't happy. I felt like I was just slowly dying a slow death. And, you know, it took me, breaking free and just quitting without a backup plan and choosing myself and trusting my instincts that 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 feeling of being uncomfortable was guiding me away from what wasn't good for me and i trusted i trusted 100 percent, and i trusted it for me to get out that door and say you know what i, I don't know what's on the other side right i don't know um, if I'll be able to get a job like that again, or, or what's in store for me, but this isn't serving me right now. And it doesn't feel good. And that is, that is your compass, right? It's either it feels good or it doesn't feel good. And the true North should always be what makes you happy, what brings you joy, what makes you feel great. And if you're not feeling great, hmm, you got to move towards what makes you feel good. Yeah. So in that In the end, I ended up starting my own company, which I love being an entrepreneur. And had I not done that, I wouldn't have uh, gone on to sell that company for half a million dollars. I started that in my home and and kept it as a home-based business, sold it for half a million bucks, moved across the country, bought some property started an Airbnb business, traveled the world with a bunch of new friends that I met. I mean, I literally changed my life forever. Because of that decision, it my life became so much happier and joyous and fulfilled and passionate and inspired and feeling great because I followed that compass. Sometimes the compass will lead you towards what makes you feel good. Sometimes it'll push you away from what makes you feel bad but you got to trust that feeling and it also comes down to what we talked about earlier which is you know giving validity to what you are feeling
1: honoring those feelings and trusting them yeah that's a fantastic answer i love that and that's trusting that internal compass and then look how your life can be can be so different and so great yeah. so that's awesome
0: it's scary you know it's scary to think about change and i think a lot of times the scariness of the unknown will keep us stuck in these things that make us feel bad because it's known it's safer to be sometimes in the known or we think it's safer to just stick with what we know even if it's uncomfortable than venture off into the scariness of the unknown but i have to tell you you know i that's where i've learned to jump into that unknown because that is where all possibilities exist and embracing that is
1: a beautiful thing. Yeah. No change is going to happen inside our comfort zone. We know that Mm -hmm. it's all about jumping out and seeing what happens, seeing where it takes us. Exactly. I'm sure you know a lot about that. (laughs) So Jenna, tell me about the book that you have coming out next year and yeah, what's that going to have in it?
0: Oh, thank you for asking. I'm
1: so excited.
0: It's been a Beautiful labor of love. I've enjoyed every moment of putting this book out into the world, and it's scheduled to release February 8th, right before Valentine's Day. This is 2022. And so that'll come out. It'll be printed in hardcover, as well as there'll be an audiobook and an ebook. It'll be available in brick and mortar retail outlets like the regular stores, also in airport bookstores, and then online at Barnes and Noble and and Amazon and all the places where books are sold. And so it will be available also in your area, probably just by audio and ebook for now, but hopefully print print will come as well soon. But yeah, I'm really excited about this because you know that was also you know me jumping into the unknown. I'd never written a book before. I, I had you know all kinds of limiting beliefs and imposter syndrome that creep crept up when I was writing it. Like, who am I to write this? No, no one, you know, I've never written anything before. I'm not a writer. You know, there's so many other writers that are better than me, you know, but I kept at it because I I followed that internal compass that made that, that that feeling. And I knew this is what I was supposed to be doing. So I trusted it. And, and every step along the way, the universe, and I'm, I'm a spiritual person, the universe has Opened doors and let it flow, and brought me opportunities, and showed me that I'm on the right path. So I trust it implicitly. Wherever this goes, I'm supposed to be on this path, and so I'm really, really excited about what the future holds, and excited to birth this baby into the world, and hopefully help a lot of people. That would be my ultimate joy: is just to help others understand how to truly love themselves and and value themselves and feel the fire, the the passion, the joy, the happy success that comes with really, truly being
1: in love with yourself. That's wonderful. I can't wait for that to come out and good luck, all the best. And when it is available, we will have a link to that in the show notes of this episode. So make sure you look out for that. And yeah, if, if, you don't mind, I would like to share with your audience that there is a free
0: download on my website. I actually share the first part of the book for free just by heading to my website on the homepage, which is jenna-banks.com. And
1: you can kind of get a feel for what that will be like right now, if you want. That is perfect. Jenna, if you could have listeners take away one thing from this whole episode, we've covered so many different things. What would be your number one takeaway?
0: Well, it would be just to think about the ways that, you know, when you're out and about in your everyday life, even going into tomorrow, for example, you know, tune into how you feel. If there's a situation that makes you feel uncomfortable, just kind of pause and take a moment and think, hey, am I, am I honoring that feeling? Am I possibly pushing it away? not giving it validity because of not wanting to make somebody uncomfortable or not wanting to make a situation awkward and thus self-sacrificing myself, even just paying attention to that and taking note of that is a big step in the right direction towards loving yourself more. Just pay attention to your comfort level, your discomfort level, and, and just
1: give that space and honor that. And that'll be a really good first step. I love it. That's perfect. Jenna, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been wonderful to talk to you. My pleasure, so nice talking to you and thank you so much for having me on, Rachel.
0: I really appreciate it.
1: Just imagine what you can do and how great you can feel when you choose to love yourself first. Check out the free download of the first part of Jenna's book, I Love Me More by heading to the show notes below. If you loved this episode as much as I did, please share it with one person who would also find value in what we talked about. I can't wait to have your company again next week. Until then, remember, we are only limited by what we believe we are limited.